Hi, my name is Craig Tim, and you're listening to The Craig Tim Show. And each time when we get together, I'll be sharing with you God's message on living the Christian life. And during this time, I'll be challenging you. I will test you once in a while. I will encourage you with inspiration to be all that you can be in your walk. Now, many of us have doubts from day to day, and maybe some of you have some doubts about yourself today or your abilities. But I want to remind you that God is with us, and he will not let you fail. Let's get started and see what God has to say. The title of today's message is Perseverance. So what is perseverance? By the dictionary definition, it says it's determination. I'm sure we've all had that at some time or another. Willpower. How long can you hold out and last during the difficult times? Resolve. Purpose. Persistence and tenacity. And then there's grits. Uh, that's a type of recipe. Let's see. This guy goes in the south somewhere. Grit. No, no, sorry. Not grits. It's grit. Oh, my apologies. It's grit. Okay. Enough of those definitions. I want to start today with just a quick story. See, there was a man at one time who's characterized as being a failure. At 22, he tried to start his own business, but what do you think? He failed. And at 23, he thought maybe he'd tried politics, but he lost and failed. He tried another business at 24, but failure continued to follow him, unfortunately. And when he was 25, he tried for the legislation again. And he won, for goodness sakes. He even surprised himself. Oh, my gosh. He unfortunately had a nervous breakdown at 27. He lost in his run for speaker at 29. He lost in his run at Congress at 34, but he did manage to win again when he ran at 37. Now, things were now finally turning around. He had found his calling. Oh, so he thought. He lost in his re-election campaign at 39, so he decided to up the ante, and he decided... I'm running for Senate when he was 46, but he lost again. And he even lost a bid for the vice presidency at 49. Now, this man, I got to say, is stubborn. The stubborn is a mule that they say, but he was a failure in the eyes of many as he was continually defeated time and time again. I'm happy to say at age 51, he achieved the ultimate political success, though, folks. He was elected president of the United States at 51. Now, many historians, they have labeled him as one of the greatest presidents in our country's history. After all that failures, labeled as one of the greatest presidents ever. He endured through years of hardships, trials. Many defeats that we've heard, rejections, and of course all those failures until the day he did become our commander-in-chief. Now that, my friends, is a power of perseverance. And I want you to know that it is vital for successes of all kinds. Now, 
you probably just want to know real quick who this man is we're talking about. And maybe some of you have guessed it. If you did guess Abraham Lincoln, you were correct. Perseverance is important in our daily lives, but more significantly, it is essential for our spiritual lives. And how do we do that, you ask? And where, where, where do you find the strength to carry on through those hardest times? Perseverance is an important part of our spiritual lives, being that we are told to expect hardship and persecution as a result of our relationship with Christ. So we need to be ready every single day. As you know, we're not promised that our life here on earth would be easy. We're promised that we would have to endure pain and hardships, unfortunately, but that's what we're promised. See, life has many storms, and how we choose to navigate around them is the challenges we face each time we encounter that. Our Christian life isn't about a blissful, problem-free existence, utopia. It is a better way of living in relationship with God. However, a relationship does not have a whole lot of meaning and value unless it endures trials and hardships. So we are told we have to go through that. For example, let's take a look at a happy, healthy marriage. Let's start off with something really positive here. Uh, okay. Oh, how about uh, my wife and I? Let's just use that example. At least that's what we've been told many times, that we have a happy, healthy marriage. And I would have to honestly say I truly believe we do have a happy, healthy marriage. As a matter of fact, it is going to be 39 years of wedding bliss this year as of the recording. Well, anyway, you aren't likely to find too many like us, but there are many that uh, have made it. And how have they managed to do it and avoid the trials in their lives? You can't. It's always there. But you will find they're committed to one another so strongly, like my wife and I are, that you can endure no matter what life, or in many cases, what the enemy drops on you. See, the strength and the love that you see is a direct result from undergoing hard times together and making it through to the other side. Like the man traveling down the long and winding road looking for the guru he's searching for. Long and windy road. That's, that's the title of a song, I believe. Especially if you're a Beatles fan. Anyway, this man finally comes up on the guru and he was seeking and he asks him, which way is success? So the bearded old man doesn't say a thing. All he does is point down, place off in the distance. So the man was thrilled by the prospect of quick and an easy answer. He rushed off in the direction that the man pointed to, and suddenly there was this loud sound. Splat! Well, the man limped back to the guru, ragged, stunned. Whew. Assuming he must have misunderstood the message, you can't believe what just happened to him. 
So the man stated his question again. The guru pointed silently in the same direction with a little more emphasis, kind of shaking your fist. You know, when you're pointing, you're saying, it's this way, it's this way, go this way. So the man obediently walked off in that same direction, wondering if it was going to happen to him again. A few minutes later, a deafening sound. Splat! Now, when the man came back into view of the guru, he was bloody. He was broken down. He was tattered. And man, was he irate. I asked you which way is success, he screamed at the guru. I followed your directions, and all I got was splatted, and twice no matter. No more pointing. Answer me right now. I demand it. After a few of these tense moments together, the guru finally spoke in a patient and very calm manner. Success, my man, is that way, just past the splat. This man would have reached his goal if he'd just pressed on through that splat. What a great lesson here in this short story. Success comes through perseverance. Pushing through, not giving up, pressing on. Willpower, resolve, persistence. Think of the times you've had to push through. You've had to sustain the willpower. There are many examples, I'm sure you have. But how about Thomas Edison? The man was credited with developing the light bulb, of course. And it lights our streets and our homes and everything else that we uh, enjoy to have today. But the story goes, so many people challenged him about the thousands of failures working on his discovery. And he said, I have not failed thousands of times. I have discovered thousands of ways that the light bulb does not work. God doesn't desire a petty shell relationship with us. He wants intimacy. He wants unity. He wants us to stay true in our relationship with him. Just like we are true to our loved ones, no matter what life throws at us. So where do we find the strength to carry on through those hard times? Whenever we face hardships and disappointments, my friends, it's easy to lose sight of the bigger picture. But we are not alone. There is help for all of us. Many others have made it through life, enduring far more difficult circumstances than you and I will ever face, especially the man from our story who was such a failure in all the areas of his life until he became president. The suffering that we all incur is training ground for Christian maturity. It develops our patience and perseverance for our final victory in life. Hebrews 12, 1-3 Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God.
Now, long-distance runners work hard to build up endurance. They develop strategies to help themselves perform to the best of their abilities. And on race day, their clothes are lightweight. Their bodies are in peak condition. Now, I know a man personally who is an elite long-distance runner and a triathlete. He has participated in many Ironman competitions and actually has set national records for his age group. Now, to run the race that God sets before us, we must strip off all the excess that might slow us down. And how do we do that, you ask? First of all, you can choose friends who are also committed to the race that you want to run. And when you choose to hang with uncommitted people instead, they all have different values than you. And chances are you're going to end up over on the wrong course. And much of your excess weight may result just from the crowd you are running with over there. So drop certain activities in your life for a while. Let's try that. This may be the, quote, weight that you're trying to get rid of. And after some time, see what those results are in your life and if things have gotten better. You can get help from addictions that are dissuading you. Get rid of those weights. The secret weight may be gambling, pornography, alcohol, combination thereof, or a number of other things on top of it. Admit your need and get the help you seek. Be with those that are on the same course that you want to be on. Make your wise choices. Let me continue reading Hebrews. We'll go on to uh, verse 5 and 6 now. And you have forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves and punishes everyone he accepts as sons. I'm going to skip back to Proverbs 3, 11 through 12. 3, 11 through 12. Here we go. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent his rebuke. Verse 12. Because the Lord disciplines those he loves as a father. And the next phrase in here is a Hebrew word, septuagint, meaning, and he punishes. The Lord disciplines those he loves as a father, and he punishes the son he delights in. This is saying the same thing that we just read over in Hebrews 6. So we have Proverbs in the Old Testament, Hebrews 6 in the New Testament, saying really the same thing. God is our father disciplines, and he punishes those he accepts as sons, and the son he delights in. Discipline sounds so negative to most people because of our own paradigms established from our pasts, meaning that most disciplinarians are probably not very pleasant. Now, God is the source of all love. He doesn't punish it because he enjoys inflicting pain and discomfort on us, <clears throat> Excuse me, but because he is deeply concerned about us and our development, learning the difference between right and wrong, his loving discipline enables us to do that. Now, it's difficult to know when God has been disciplining us 
until we look back on the situation at a later date. That's called the hindsight, and we all want to look into that down the road after things have gotten better, or why things got worse. Just depends on how you look at it. Anyway, not every misfortune comes directly from God, though. Unfortunately, we bring many of these heartaches on ourselves by our own foolish choices. And many times when we are going through it, we feel like they are more along the line of a disaster, a catastrophe. Maybe even we call it tragedy. But if we just step back a moment, most of what we consider to be those disasters and catastrophes and tragedies are just inconveniences and not nearly as bad as what we always try to make it out to be. And we're all guilty of that. Did you know discipline means to teach and to train? So do we, or maybe should we, consider all adversity to be disciplined? Personally, I really don't think so. We're going to run across speed bumps and detours along the way of life, no matter what happens. But many times we put up our own roadblocks and then we just end up causing our own grief ourselves. Sometimes we even put our setbacks in a crisis category. It will not always be a disciplinary action, but too often we will want to make it out to be a crisis. Now, I truly feel that crisis or adversity or whatever name that, that you want to give to it yourself, it, it does bring with us opportunities of one kind or another. It will not always be disciplinary action. Adversity is really a battle between fear and faith. Our fear is that we will always feel so miserable and worthless, or we will continue to have faith and hope that time will ease all the pains and our tomorrows will be better than our today. I'm going to go back to Hebrews verse 7. Uh, there in uh, chapter 12, back to verse 7. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? Over to verse 10 and 11. Our father, our earthly fathers, discipline us for a little while as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. And later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. I can't really know the depth of our character, folks, until we see how we react under the pressures. Now, it's easy to be kind to others when everything's going well, but can we still be kind when others are not treating us fairly, as we think that we need to be treated? James 1, 2 and 3 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops, wait for it, develops, yes, perseverance. James even says that. Consider it a joy to face these trials, because the testing of your faith develops or perseverance. 
what James doesn't really say in this passage is just as important as what he is saying. He's not saying if you face trials, but he says whenever you face them. He assumes that we will have trials to face during our lives and that we will develop character and wisdom from what we experience. I think his point here is we shouldn't pretend to be happy when we face pain, but rather have a positive outlook. Remember, he says, consider it pure joy to go through that. Because of what the trials will produce in our lives, James tells us, our hardships and trials, we are to learn from them. Verse 4. Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God wants us to be mature and complete, not necessarily keeping us from all pain and being uncomfortable. Instead of constant complaining about our struggles and adversities, friends, we should see them as opportunities for growth. So much that we've been discussing today. Thank God for promising to be with you in tough times. And then, be patient. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will not leave you alone to deal with your problems and issues. He will be with you to help you grow and get through anything because that is one of his many promises to us. And if you believe that last statement, he will be with you to help you and grow and get through anything. If you believe in that last statement, then go forth today in joy and in confidence, knowing that that's what God wants for you. And be all that God wants you to be. He is just helping you to develop that perseverance to press on and not give up when the times are hard because you know what's on the other side. Just like that example of that uh, uh, guy with the guru. You've got to press through and get to the other side. I want to thank you folks for joining me today as always. If you have a comment, questions, especially prayer requests, please send that to me at Craig Tim Podcast. That's T-I-M-M, two M's, Craig Tim Podcast, all one phrase, at gmail.com. I hope you received uh, some insight on uh, persevering through those hard times that we all go through it time and time again. But we all know on the other side the joys and the happiness that God promises us. And he also promises us that he will not leave us nor forsake us. I want to pray blessings to you, each one of you. And remember, do not fear, for God is always here. Until next time, bye-bye.